Welcome to Public Showering, created by me, Sophie Duncan. This is the only podcast designed specifically for pole artists, aerialists, and movers of all kinds who want to learn how to build amazing choreography, tell your stories, and be the best performer you can be. Part of my Sadasi creative coaching system, I'll help you unlock your full fierce and creative selves using professional dance, theater, choreography, and circus tools, plus a hint of real life backstage stories and some simple confidence boosting skills. So welcome back to part two of my interview with Pam McGee for Public Showering, the competition series. In this episode, we're gonna be talking about things that we are tired of seeing and how we can improve on the things that we do in our routines. But just in case you missed it or you just totally forgot, here's a bit of a recap of what we discussed last time in Public Showering. If you win or if you place, it's always lovely. Yeah. But generally speaking, I can't be asked. <laughs> Doing like it's like artistic competitivism is so bizarre because I I think I've learned that I do create pieces with the idea that I would like to win, but I feel like I do it with the idea that I'm trying to win the audience a little bit, which I guess in my mind is still the great yeah. thing. We lose so many people who could potentially be incredible instructors because mm. they never want to teach because they're focused on competing. Yeah, and the same then we lose incredible performers who don't want to compete because they're categorised into that one, they're pigeonholed into that one category. Yeah. The hardest thing though with anything that is artistic, it is subjective. Yeah, it is. Like, that's the choice you make when you compete. So, in our great notes, that I wrote, because um, just just a little bit of backstage knowledge for my public showering uh, fans out there. Um, <laughs> when I decided to do interviews with some of my favorite people in the industry, I uh, tend to do, just call them at random times and then just make lots of notes. So on a little ugly piece of paper, <laughs> <laughs> I have an incredible array of notes that somehow make no sense. And they're just random little things like creativity, personality, clones, um, just random words that are just like... <laughs> <laughs> no, because I did like a pre-interview. I, I remember what that was. Yeah, because I did a pre-interview with yeah. Pam, and at the time I was in Berlin, and I'd been, I was like day drinking. So, and I don't know for anyone else that's out there. So was I. I think I had a giant gin as well. You yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd had a giant gin, which is probably why you got like a bit of a rant. This is the thing that I'm sorry, but I honestly create. I genuinely think I create better when I'm a little bit inebriated, not drunk, because that's just whatever. But you know, like I genuinely. I think I talk a little bit better. Like if I'm making music, it's a bit like that. If I'm interviewing people, it just, I guess it flows, but it's probably not the best way. This is not comp prep information, by the way. Do not actually do this at home. Like no one, no one should go on stage drunk. <laughs> just okay. get smashed. Yeah, just, just get all wasted before you go on stage. <laughs> just get all wasted before you go on stage. I just, and just for the record, I've never ever been on stage uh, drunk ever in my entire professional life or... Or then you're a very good actor. You're a very good actor. <laughs> no, you are. No, but my, my go-to character is like is drunken, so. drunken. It's you know like the oh, the piece that I did before um, for Paul Theatre and uh, Paul yeah Paul Theatre last one with, who was drunk. That's basically a continuation of the first ever routine yeah. I ever did. Who and the character was wasted. So it's like a theme that I seem to be. <laughs> Maybe I should name her. <laughs> Maybe she should become like the thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just showing my true colours a bit too much. But anyway, on the note of originality on my piece of paper, oh, I 
underline Simone Biles. So for anyone in the world that's not into gymnastics, but you may have at least heard of Simone Biles, especially recently because she um, dropped out of the, was it the Olympics? It was the Olympics, wasn't it? Um, out of it was. It was. It was the Olympics and down to injury. It was injury. No, it was down to her mental health. Injury and mental health, yeah, which I thought was such an incredibly brave thing to do. Um, yeah. And in a couple of weeks, actually, I'm going to... Yeah, be, it, was, it was... It was mega. It was mega. Like, And I, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be interviewing Lisa Hammond, who is one of my favourite humans in the world, and we're actually going to talk a little bit about the psychology and the mental I health of things. I genuinely thought you were going to say Simone Biles then. <laughs> Yes, I thought oh, you were going to say Simone. And I was like, oh <laughs> my actual Jemima's. No, Lisa Hammond's still incredible though, so that's amazing. <laughs> imagine we've just really just got up to like like the most incredible people in the world. But anyway, Simone Biles, incredible, incredible athlete. Um, and the reason why I underline Simone Biles, I am getting to the point clearly, um, is. She is one of the greatest uh, gymnastic athletes in the world. She has a couple of tricks named after her because she's the first person, male or female, to be able to do the things that she's doing. So she's such a badass. I can't even can't. And But we were talking about her because she's so entertaining to watch. So, like, you can explain a little bit more about, like, how tough gymnastic competitions are because, you know, they're, they're insane in terms of, yeah. like, how, the quality and things. But, like, what is it about Simone that completely just destroyed everything? Um, it was her originality. Do you remember her floor piece that went viral? Yes. Yeah. So when we competed with gymnastics, I did artic- women's um, artistic gymnastics. Mm-hmm. So uh, floor, vault, beam and bars. That's insane. So <laughs> bars, vault. <laughs> bars and vault you don't really get chance to be creative you are doing tricks and trying to hit uh so when i did it i don't i honestly couldn't tell you if it's still scored the same but you would be given a star in score uh-huh. depending on the level of tricks you were putting in there wow okay yes okay that makes sense so the harder the trick you put in obviously the risk the the harder the higher the score you start with but the riskier it is to not lose points so it'd have to be perfect Mm -hmm. so you were taught from a young age that everything had to be nailed precise no mistakes um and that was very much with bars and vault beam you could start to be a little bit more creative with but back then do you know what it'd be so funny if i could find some of my old videos because (gasps) everyone looked the same (laughs) <laughs> like all the dance was the same it was literally like you'd get someone go here and you'd get an arm and you'd go and then oh you'd God. look and then it'd be okay gymnastic dance is i live for it all of like the little flicks and the star positions oh my god i die yeah like i the, die like little sass and then it'd be like do an arm trick do a leg and then a leg would come up and you'd go ole <laughs> so, and it was all the same there was no there was nothing different about mm one routine to the next it was just how well you did that move yeah the movements were just a break up time between you doing the next thing (laughs) floor became very very similar back then you'd have a chance to be artistic and creative but ultimately that didn't count because you were being judged on what tricks you were doing yeah simone kind of broke that mold like oh god the amount of blooming 
gymnastics routines, I sought to popcorn. Do you remember that song? Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Everyone who's a gymnast has done popcorn. <laughs> no way. I, I've never met a gymnast who has never done something to that. Why? The, I what is like, it about that song? I feel like it's, bil- it's like Billy Eilish. Plum fairies. Oh, the dance yeah. of the Plum fairies. Yeah, yeah, of course. Tchaikovsky. Yeah, everyone's done that when they're a gymnast. Everyone. Then, you know, Simone came along and just smashed that out of the park. And what works so well for it is it's new. It's different. It wakes people up and people want to see what you're doing. And they're like, oh, hell, who's this person? Yeah. I love that about competitions. I love when I'm sat in an audience going, if I hear one more fucking Disney song, and then <laughs> someone comes on and just does something so incredibly different, and you're like... And they walk off, and you're like, what the hell was that? Who the hell was that? That was incredible. <laughs> like, I love that. I love watching something that is so... Wakes you up almost. Not yeah. that I'm falling asleep when I'm judging. I want people to understand that. I understand <laughs> that if people love Disney and they want to do it, that's fantastic. Yeah, sell it. But sell take it. into account that it's been done a thousand times. So just pick something that's going to be different. Mm. And there's, it doesn't have to be like. I know people say like it's all been done before. It's all been done before, but like, it really it hasn't. hasn't. Like stuff that's the same can still be different. So if you do Disney, just make it different. It's true, actually, like, as a... Pick something different about it. Yeah, and di- I mean, Disney is so fruitful in itself. Like, I mean, if you really go into stuff, and this is something that I've explained to a couple of students before or any clients I have, like, if they're, they're stuck in terms of the music that they want to use, there are mm-hmm. songs that are really, really typical, and I don't think there's anything wrong in using a really typical song sometimes, depending on what it is, because sometimes you need it. Beauty and the Beast. Lol. <laughs> Tell us all this time. I'm all about the Little Mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I'm all about the Little Mermaid. <laughs> um, Pocahontas. <laughs> no, but there's a time and a place for music that's really obvious because like, sometimes you need yeah. to poke the audience in the right direction. Like, the, you know, the music I use for Paul Theatre is Heartbreak Hotel by Elvis. Like, pretty much everyone has heard that. And it it's an ironic song anyway, because it's about heartbreak and whatever. But I was using the heartbreak mm-hmm. to be about alcoholism, essentially. Because <laughs> as we described, clearly alcoholism mm-hmm. is my, it's like my jam. But, like, what is it... <laughs> what is it that you, as a as a coach and a judge, and I guess seeing as now you're actually probably seeing everyone's like music come in, what do you see the most of more than anything? Like, and th- that you would like to just try to somehow see less of, <laughs> whether that be music do or style. song wise or no? Anything. So for me, it's people pick a song because they love that song. Fine. And then they're like, I want these tricks, Nick. I love these tricks. And I'm like, cool why are you doing these tricks and why are you doing this song? And they're like, like the song, like the trick. And I'm like, cool, but the audience don't know that. <laughs> so for me, it's... How do I describe this? Or, or they'll say, I've picked this song and I want to tell this story. And I'm like, okay, cool, how are you going to do that? They're like, well, I'm going to dance here a bit. <laughs> then I'm going to go up the pole and do a bird of paradise. And I'm like, okay, what's the bird of paradise got to do with the story then? And they're like... Well, it hasn't. It's got to do with pole. And I'm like, but you're forgetting about the story. Yeah. Like, everything that happens has to happen for a reason. The common one I see is people that, like, they say in their bio, and they're like, this song is all about being heartbroken, and then they're really sad, and then they climb up the pond and do a massive fucking split. And I'm like, 
don't know about you, but when I'm really sad, I don't want to go and do massive splits. <laughs> I'm at home eating my body weight in Pringles. <laughs> how can we... Like, how can we... I'm quite sure, you know, that isn't saying to people, climb the pole and crack out a tin of sweet and sad. Like, I don't know. Although I would love to see that. I would Cream love to see... Cream Pringles. Could you imagine some of the pole... I'd with, love to see it. To like just me, just like eating crisps. Maybe that's my next routine. This is me now with a tub of ice cream. Yeah. I'm going to spend five minutes climbing up the pole with a Chinese and then just sit and yeah. eat it and get down again. I would quite happily yeah. want that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But why are you doing that? This is what I mean. Like, people forget that. They're trying to tell a story or they're they're trying to captivate the audience and they're going off on a tangent being like, oh, I'm really sad, but I can do four deadlifts in a row. <laughs> and I'm like, but this this doesn't have any relevance. Yeah. It's... Like, everything to me, like, when I watch stuff, it needs to be relevant. Every movement has got to be... Why, so why are you going up the pole if you're sad? So why why how are you coming down? Like what like like yeah? What is it? You're gonna mean? tell a story, or you're gonna have a theme, or you're gonna pick a song that's really sad. Don't put giant splits in it. <laughs> if you know, I think most people yeah, get lost in the mean? in the spectacular of it. I think because you know like yeah. I think one way to think of your stage when you are in pole, like pretty much it's always the same, apart from a couple of comments are a bit different, is you've got the stage, which mm-hmm. is somehow the place that people fear the most, the floor. Why do we? Why are we so terrified yes. of floor work? I don't know. Like the floor is there; it's always I don't been get there me wrong. for us. Like no, I don't. <laughs> I, I yeah. No, but it, it's it's amusing to me. Like you know what I mean? Like in our daily life, absolutely nobody climbs, climbs ever. Do you know what I mean? Like, and somehow the idea of like standing in the middle of the pole and just walking or being a human is like impossible, terrifying. Why the fuck am I doing mm-hmm. that? However, somehow in our brains, doing a bird of paradise, doing a split at the top of the pole makes so much sense. How how have we made that connection? What have we done to sort of invent that bullshit? Like like what just do you know what I mean? At, at no point in anyone's day life, but I think it's because may, maybe. Because we can, it somehow seems to make sense. But I mean, if you really want to, like, scratch a, a split into a routine, there's still ways to make it exist. There are ways to do it, but you just don't have yeah. to do the one where, like, you know, you've made this really sad routine about, I don't know, the, the usual one, some kind of, like, something terrifying, some kind of domestic violence, something, which I'm not, I'm not shitting on anyone for doing a piece about a domestic violence. I think it's good that we talk about these things in poll. I do. However, it is still very confusing to me, though, when someone does a very beautiful trick and then kind of smiles in the routine of like a, yes, I just achieved this. Because I'm just like, do you understand how complex and confusing what you've just done actually is? But then everyone in the audience is like, yay, Jade! It's like... Yeah, but Jade Jade didn't it's do a bird anything. Of yeah, exactly. It, yeah. It's, it's even called a bird of paradise. Like, there's something ironic about that. Like, if it's called a bird of paradise, it's a beautiful thing. So why is it in this really dark routine? Yeah. How? But yeah, we've yeah. somehow like lubed it in. <laughs> we somehow get lost in that. I also another one for me is just seeing the same tricks all the time yeah. and it seems to be like certain years there's different trends for different tricks I That's remember right. the one year I went to UK PPC and everyone did a Pegasus and I'd be like <laughs> god another 
the fucking Pegasus. <laughs> uh, bird of Paradise is a common one. I'm guilty of it. I've put a Bird of Paradise in a competition before. My, my UK PPC routine, I put I always like to... It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. I, 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 say, do, I do remember that, but I don't think at this point when everyone was watching your UK BBC, everyone was like, oh my God, a bird of paradise. Everyone was just like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was at the end of the routine, I had to say. It was a bit of a throwaway moment at the end of the routine. But in, in, in hindsight, though, looking back at the routine... I do get that routine, there's... Yeah, I'm not sure of the relevance of half the tricks in there. I have to admit, like, it, that piece, I just remember liking the music. And it's one of those rare occasions where... You did Alt-J. I remember you came out to Alt-J and me no. and Kim were like, yes. No, 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 no. no, it wasn't Was Alt-J. It no, 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 um, I think you're thinking of something else. Um, I've done things to Alt-J, but it wasn't this time. Um, Alt-J was the one I did oh, for... what am I thinking of? You're thinking of my Pole Theatre Hong Kong routine that I did after. That also, also had a BOP in it. No, the, the one that I did for UKPC was... Um, it was Jack White, Love is Blinding. Love is Blindness. Blindness? Yes. It was it was it was yes, rock and yes, roll, yes. man. It was rock and roll. Um Yeah, but I do remember you doing that actually and sitting there because I remember going over to my table because I'd watched you warm up and I happened to have Lisa Hammond stood next to me and I went, Oh my god, who is that? Because you were warming up. Were you wearing a kilt? No, I've got some really, really baggy shorts that are like, it's like a, they're like parachute pants, basically, that are like tartan. But it's so weird. I remember stood there, we were watching someone else warm up. Because I remember you couldn't stood next to me and I was like, oh yeah. And you kind of went, yeah. And I was like, who's this? You're like really enthusiastic. And I was like, I don't know who you are. And then you went on stage and we're all like, okay. And then you warmed up and I think the whole room went silent. And I just looked at Lisa and went, who the fuck is that? I was like, I'm not against her, am I? And, then, and she was like, oh, no, 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 she's in professional. This is Sophie Duncan. I was like, never, never heard of her. And she was like, yeah, she's incredible. And then I remember watching you warm up because I did mine, instructor, and I kind of sat down at my table. And it's a hard slog to go to a long competition for people yeah. because it's one routine after the other. And like I said, you kind of feel like once you've seen one move, once you've seen one routine, you've seen a lot, which yeah. is why I always say try and be different. Yeah. And I elbowed Kim because Kim was getting a bit bored. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> watch this girl. She's going to be, she's going to be amazing. I'm glad I was yeah. though. Could you imagine if I'd just been really like disappointed? I'd done so that, I don't know. What was, what was <laughs> I'd have been like, she was wearing a kilt earlier and everything. <laughs> She was going to do old lang syne. I love, I love, yeah, for me, like, I love watching people and just get, sorry, my nose ring for anyone who thinks I'm picking my nose. Um, <laughs> I always forget, I'm like, there's a camera. No, but you remember we're doing a podcast, so no one can hear that, but they know now. <laughs> oh, fab, fab. Okay. So, <laughs> I remember, uh, I, I love going to competitions and watching for something that's different or yeah. something that like holds my attention. Yeah. And I loved going to pole art when Amy was competing. Yeah. And like there were some real standout routines. There were some that I was like, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me personally, I'd like it, that you were very good at pole and stuff, but again, didn't didn't get it. Yeah, didn't feel it. Um, but who is it that made me go? Um, Louise Browns did hers entirely blindfolded whilst chained to the pole. Oh, wow. Did you watch hers? I did not. That's incredible. Okay, I'm going to go and research that. And it's right really now. sad because, and do you know what? I'm guilty of this. I prejudged. 
Because when she was warming up, her song came on and it was Billie Eilish. And I was like, oh, God, another Billie Eilish song. <laughs> but what she did, she did so well, so creatively and so beautifully that I was like, okay, yeah, I'll eat my words on that a little yeah. bit. But hmm. that's why I say if you do pick something like that, just be different. See, that's actually a really interesting point because let's say, because Billie, she just, you know, she's the thing that everyone loves, loves at the moment, which is all very nice. Um, there is something... Oh, I love her. One of my girls... Yeah, one of my girls I'm tr- teaching at the moment, she was like, so I want to do a Billie Eilish song. I was like, oh, God. But <laughs> but she's like, but it's... But we're going like, with it. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, there, there is something interesting about it. Theme. See, which is fine. But, like, it's... There is... If you think that your routine is that, like, balls to the wall, and you're going to use a song that you know is current, I think it it's actually could be, in some ways, a very clever tactic if you really think that what you're doing mm-hmm. is different, because let's say we're going to hear Billie Eilish five times in a day, which we're not supposed to do. Like in Paul Theatre, you're supposed to send your music ahead of time so that if there's many people doing the same music, you change your music. But we all know that's not the case. And like in other comps, at least. And like maybe there's something quite clever about it because then people are going to start to think of the other routines that they've seen to Billie Eilish and been like, oh, well, they did it different. And somehow it's kind of clever. However... I don't think this is a good tactic. Like, just don't, just don't. <laughs> don't use Billie Eilish. Like, we love her. We do. All but... songs that have been done, that have been done very well, and then I think, can you do better than that? Because there are certain songs that I've seen people compete to, and I've had people say, well, what about this song? And I'm like, although it's been done and there's nothing stopping you do it again, uh. this person in particular did it very well. Like, yeah, there are certain routines that you think of that song, you think of that person doing it, and then after that... No one's going to match that. Really? That's, that's I don't really think interesting. That sits in my mind. And I'm like, unless you can get... Like, that's the first thing that comes into my head. Like, it reminds me of this person's routine. So if I can think of that routine, oh. it's going to be hard for me to not compare that. Oh, that's so horrible, though. I hate that's being That's so controversial. It, but you know what? You can't help it because I think that there are pieces that you remember and there's people that you remember, whether they win or lose. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that me and Jacob spoke about um, be- before we did our podcast. Like, I remember us talking about our pole theatre from this last time. And, mm-hmm. like, we because we were basically consoling each other because obviously we both wanted... we That was the year that we, we didn't win in, in pole theatre UK. Like, uh, you, there's only a winner. There's no runner-up or anything. So, like, we were, I think we are both a bit good because we both put our heart and souls in it. We're both competitive people. Like, we're, we're all... We're both very humble. But, you know, when you get off stage and you didn't win, you go, oh, damn it, <laughs> like that. But Jacob quite rightly said at that moment, like, you don't need to win. Like, people remember things. So whether you win or lose yeah. in terms of points, if your piece is memorable... I th- and it really actually that really sort of consoled me because I was I was being a bit of a Mardi bum because I can just be like that sometimes. But <laughs> to be very honest, but like you know, there's lots of people that have come to me recently to be like, oh, I loved your routine because I I felt this and this happened. So I think that's one really great thing to remember about comps is like you might not necessarily win or even get a runner up or whatever, but if your piece is that interesting and that cool, people do remember mm-hmm. you anyway, which I think in some ways. Yeah is quite valuable it's, it's even more valuable in in some respects yeah. which could be interesting i guess yeah i guess well maybe this is me trying to make myself feel better i'm just like <laughs> no I, th- I no i i i get that um like i said the thing with you 
the dark UK PPC, the one that I <laughs> the one that I oh no. Um it doesn't matter to me that I didn't win that one. No. I put on a show, that's what I wanted to do. And it's nice. I got like a couple of mentions. I had like a mention in a magazine that was like that was the one that stood out to them. And I'm like, that's, Sick. that's then I'm happy. That's cool. I've gone out there and I've been different and I've achieved what I wanted to do. Mm. Which is really cool. See, that's really, really cool. And I don't know, there's... Yeah. I remember different people and I remember routines and somehow... Sometimes I don't even remember the full routine, actually. Sometimes I remember a specific moment of people routine, especially in other categories. Like, for Pole Theatre this year, I stuck around for a lot of the semi-pro and also the advanced categories because it's it's really amazing to see what's, in theory, coming up. I'm thinking, man, these are the people that are, like, somehow below my standard, but I'm terrified of some of the people. Have you seen the kids' category as well? Oh my god! Like oh, they're terrifying. I watch them and I'm like, oh no, fuck off. No, like, I am retiring. No, I'm retiring. The day that there's going to be like a 12 year old in my category for like elite, I'm like, I don't. No, peace out. It's been great. I've had a magical time. Bye. <laughs> I, can't. I know. I, can't. I watch them warming up and I'm just like, I make noises getting in out of the car now. So I look at them and I'm like, bugger off. <laughs> but it's like I feel like we almost have a responsibility to like the new kids because the kids can literally do anything because kids are just also you know if they fall from the bloody top of the pole they're just going to stand up and go whoops you know what I mean like I think no, no, yeah. Yeah. whereas I'm going to be like if I slip and a drop I'm like rest in peace <laughs> yeah. I feel like my thighs are on fire but like you know I think there's some, some kind of responsibility I kind of I don't have any kid clients and I really hope that one day or soon I will do because I'm going to I'm going to go in. I'm going to have so much fun because I want to fill them with all the things that we find not not there yet. That maybe I think as adults, you know, we have to say like as adults, we are a little bit can't teach old dogs new tricks kind of thing. And like we do have to try a little bit harder because we have so many things. We have so many habits. Mm-hmm. And anyway, just being a pole dancer, learning to pole is already like. Why the hell did we try and do this at the age of 27 or 37 or 47 or even older? And I have so much time for people that start pole at God knows what age. But like kids are just so creative. Like young kids, they have so many stories. Like they imagine stuff because they've not been tainted by life yet. You know, are they somehow? I don't know about that. The last pole theater was so depressing. (laughs) <laughs> every single child came out going like I want to talk about depression and I want to talk I was like oh my god when I was that age I was climbing trees and like I didn't even know what depression was but do you wonder so like, like what the hell do you I'm not it is, was so dark but do you actually though this is interesting I, did, I didn't see like loads of kids I think I kept jumping in and out and stuff but like do you think that's because pole art actually it sounds, it sounds a bit pole arty doesn't it like yeah. is it do you think kids want to make stuff about that because it's there's genuine and they actually have these feelings and thoughts and feelings and stuff? Because obviously kids have depression, they live their own lives. Or do you mm-hmm. think it's already something that has been kind of dropped into it? Because I, in my opinion, there's not that many happy pole dancers, generally speaking. You don't see, apart from like classique and comedy, generally speaking, everything's a bit negative. I would say 60 to maybe 75% of, of comp routines are... On the uh, on the the not celebratory. Let's put it that way. That's really interesting. Like when you sit and think about it, like actually, yeah, they are all bloody depressing, aren't they? They're always about losing love, losing something else. Like there's not that many that are generally about being joyful. And I guess it's because our 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 emotional response to negative things is just more emotional and just more like obviously dramatic. 
but trying to be happy in a piece is actually really difficult. Like, it's weird. Hmm. You're like so stumped. I'm like, That's really interesting. Am I, am I happy? <laughs> am I really I'm happy? dead inside, so it doesn't matter either <laughs> way. You say that, I'm just like... I remember when you came to me and you went, what do you feel when you hear this music? I was like, nothing. I feel nothing. <laughs> I don't ever feel anything. <laughs> I have no inner monologue whatsoever. No, but I have like... no inner monologue. I eat like I eat a can of Pringles and I'm like, this is nice. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> You're so humble. I love it. Like, it's like so, Pringles. Yeah. I, <laughs> I do love Pringles. I do. I was trying to like... <laughs> Okay, if I book a, if I book a private with you, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to literally pay you in Pringles. I'm not going to give you money. You're going to get Pringles. I'd, I'd accept. I'd happily accept. <laughs> Honest to God. I went for something the other day and Amy was like, what really turns you on like to get your face into that? And I went, the thought of going home, not having anyone at home, and there's a can of Pringles waiting for me. <laughs> and silence. That really gets me going. And she's like, well, just imagine I'm a can of Pringles then. And I was like, all right. <laughs> a can of Pringles that doesn't make any sound at all or moves. No, yeah, it doesn't. Like a can of Pringles. Doesn't answer back. <laughs> doesn't answer back. It just doesn't talk at me. And I'm like, can of Pringles. Oh, my God. You know what, though? Whatever turned you on, fam. But it's true, though. Like, it's, 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 it's something to think about. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more positive pieces of art. Because we don't do it. Hundred percent, we don't do it enough. Um, Why is it so hard to be? I happy? do see the ones that. I know, yeah. God, was that actually hard. like. Now you said that, I can probably only picture like three or four routines where people have been stupidly happy. <laughs> That's why it always impresses me and amazes me when you watch Jade Ben Sillam perform. Yeah. Jade, uh, Jade Reed now. Yeah, yeah. She's always got the most enormous smile on her face. It's true. If I do that, I look like a serial killer. <laughs> I literally look like I've just murdered everyone's family and I'm like this. <laughs> I can't do it. I think... Cannot do it. I think, so. I mean, re- realistically, the only way that happiness really lands with things is when um, you have to have a negative to have a positive, generally speaking. Because, like... Yeah. If I think back to all of my routines... I would say they've usually been on the side of positive. They tend to have a happy ending normally to a certain degree, which is even if the actual subject is quite dark, like, so even like the two alcoholic moments that I've done, like they're, they're sort of funny because it's me being but funny. But there's fun in them. They're yeah, fun. I was going to say there's fun inside them. Yeah. But yeah. the subject matter is dark. So at least it's, it's something to laugh at and it's something to enjoy, but it's not happy. Um, but then at the same time you have... Um, like the last breath piece like it's literally about someone almost dying but in the end it's still a happy story because they they live like yeah it's you know so yeah i think somehow like i've never done anything that's just completely where the 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 end of it is i don't know i i end or i die or what i've never made that piece which is completely sad so maybe for me maybe i should try and be really as to my own challenge to make it super sad and just like the ending of this is sad if you need any help with dying on stage <laughs> I'll throw in a roly poly at the end. <laughs> the Pam poly. Oh God! <laughs> oh Lord! All right. Well, before before we, we say goodbye, I actually want to ask you then. <laughs> what go for it? What would you like to see as different? Like, if if in your comp, what would be something that would completely be like, oh, thank the Lord that happened? Like, can you think of some 
bits that would be oh, amazing. For me, I've always had this thing when I coach people for competitions and Bexy have like summed up in absolutely perfect words for me. And that's if you do not come off stage feeling like an absolute dick, you've not performed hard enough. <laughs> so for me, I literally want people to take their performance to the extreme. I want nice. a show. Like, I, that's, for me, what I love. I'm hoping this platform, this stage, gives people that opportunity yeah. to be able to do that with not having to worry about who they're competing against. So although, yes, we're basing it, you get a lot of marks for technical. For me, technical isn't how hard of a trick you can do. Mm. For me, technical is how well you put that into a routine and the relevance to that. Yeah. So I, for me, for this competition to be different or people to just be different, mm. I would just like people to come on stage, give it that all, but everything they do have passion and relevance behind it. Yeah. Small so. ask. <laughs> Yeah, small ask. Pam's like, um, ideally, I would like everyone to be better. Great, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but just I think to really like, like, just to really express themselves on stage, really. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. but I think that's great because I think ultimately, like, doing a comp from the initial idea to the training to everything else, it's an absolute mind fuck for anyone you can uh, you can be a brand new you can be the first time you're ever doing a comp or you can be a professional performer that never gets nervous on stage she says lies i'm always nervous on stage and it's always a thing so <laughs> you know you you're you're working for months if not sometimes even years thinking about ideas for 5 minutes if that if you're elite you've got 5 minutes if you're um semi pro or, or less it's like 3 minutes it's interesting you say that actually when you say about that and people put so much on it i'm like it's 3 minutes of your life yeah it's 3 minutes of your life where you've got thousands of days ahead of you are you going to have those thousands of days thinking i just wish i'd done that yeah like people are like oh i, I can't I, I think you did it and i think i made amy do it like in the middle of a routine i made a scream at the top of her lungs <laughs> i was like get that emotion out like yeah it, it's it's three minutes of your life and i know it's been vulnerable but you've got thousands of days ahead of you to regret that 30 seconds that you may or may not have put that in mm. which is going to set you apart that's great I love that not oh. that I'm saying for everyone to come on stage and scream because I'll be like what the <laughs> fuck is going on <laughs> yeah. but you're going to be like I listened to public risk. showering and they told me to scream so I did scream <laughs> a time and a place. to be fair I think everyone I think everyone should be allowed to scream I wish that I could just walk down the street and just scream on a daily basis <laughs> And some people no reason, do. No some people do. <laughs> to stand there and scream. <laughs> I have to say, actually, the my Paul Theatre piece, that was the first piece I ever actually did actually a scream in it. Because it, it generally felt right. Like I didn't put it in purely. But yeah. as my own, I guess, very, very technical tool, it was right for the person, it, it was right for the character. But it was also right for the moment because it gave me... Because the next thing I was going to, and I, I swear I talk about this in every bloody podcast I do, is I was going into what, in my opinion, was the hardest 
power combo I've ever made in my life, which included a fungi. Mm-hmm. And like, I think everyone knows by now that my fungi is a nemesis, but I was so excited to do it. I was like, I need to get rid of any fear before I do it. And the scream was perfect. Like, you know, I think that using your voice and if, it, if it's right, having a... That is yeah, lovely. 100%. I mean... The original run through with Amy when she showed me, she was like, "What about this?" And she went up to the top of the pole and she did like a, like a silent ah sort of thing, but oh. no, nothing coming out. Just like just pretending she was screaming. I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" And she's <laughs> like that, and I just went, "Do that again, but I want you to scream as hard, as like as hard as you can." She's like, "Are you serious?" I was like, "Absolutely, scream, yeah. just scream." Yeah, I was like, "It's." But I was like, you're really going to have to do that. I was like, because if you don't commit, it's going to sound piss poor in a massive theatre. Scream. She was like, okay. (laughs) And I remember that was like kind of my cue because I was laying on the floor pretending to be dead and I heard a scream and I was like, excellent. I know what timing and I've got to move now. (laughs) So. I love that. I love that. All right. So this is the moment where you can give us some shameless self-promotion. If people somehow don't know who you are, (laughs) please tell us all of your Instagrams, all of your things, all of your studios, Instagrams. And then, of course, tell us how people can watch (laughs) and everything else for Bipic, because I'm I'm really genuinely super excited to see what occurs, because I think it's going to be a really. It's going to be super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, new. Like, I'm just excited for everyone competing. It's a brand new stage for them all. So, uh, my Insta handle myself is Pole Phoenix. Uh, my studio page, we are K Pole Dance and Fitness, based in Solihull. We've also got a studio over in Cradley Heath. And most importantly, our Instagram is British Pole Instructor Championships. Oh, no, it's not. It's British Pole Instructor Champs on Insta. Uh, our logo is Bipic. So, the <laughs> The live final itself, we only actually have 25, um, sorry, full tickets left. Wow. So we're almost sold out. Yeah. We don't want to, unfortunately, do live streaming of the comp on the day for the first year. I think it's too much technical stuff that could go wrong and we'd rather play it safe with the first year and make sure that everyone's comp runs well and you know they get the coverage they need on stage Mm -hmm. but the videos will be released online afterwards obviously yes we're so excited uh the live final is october the 16th in solihull Mm -hmm. we've got a beautiful theater venue and we're already looking at dates for next year with a bigger venue because it's uh it's sold out so fast pretty much well it's 25 tickets left as i said that's incredible so yeah october 16th um we have got uh, six fantastic categories. Had to think, then I was like, "Jesus, come on, Pam!" <laughs> Blimey. Do you know who all yeah. of your of all, blah, 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 have all your judges been announced yet? They have indeed. Yes, we have uh, Annie Norris, amazing, and Jester Bank. We've also got Andrew Gregory. Uh, I competed with Andrew at UKPPC last year, and he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Then we've also got uh, Hannah Rose Keynes. Love Hannah. Love her. Yeah. And we've actually got your next your next podcast guest, which is Lisa Hammond. Yes! Which is super exciting. Yeah. Oh, how magical. What an yeah, incredible So I feel there's a lot of experience there. A lot yeah, of experience, Yeah, I feel like we definitely. wanted people who... 
Yes, we want people with a lot of experience. We've got some fantastic guest performers. We've got Jess Dove coming over. We've got Louise Brown, the girl I talked about earlier at Pole Art. Yeah. Hopefully another person to announce. <laughs> we'll see you very and soon. Soon. <laughs> and Bex Eater as well is one of our compares. Legendary. So we've, yeah, so we're, we're super excited about the lineup of everyone going to be there. And of course... An incredible we've got an incredible lineup of people for uh in the categories it's going to be absolutely insane well thank you so much for for joining me today which uh in berlin right now it's You're absolutely welcome. siling it down and this thunder so hopefully oh, is it? yeah hopefully we can't hear this on the podcast but we'll see but otherwise it's been a pleasure I'm listening hard now you're gonna, you're gonna listen out listen uh, yeah out. it's been a lovely speaking chair i'm like listening well oh and, yeah i can uh, hear Actually, it's beautiful sunshine here. Yeah, a little bit. Oh God! Well, that's yeah, that's really me staying nice in for that. If you're loving what you've been hearing in the Public Showroom podcast, you have to experience Sadasi. www.soduncan.com/sadasi. It's the online community that is everything you've been hearing in public showering, plus so much more. It's where you can get one-to-one help bringing all these ideas to your own work. It's where you can learn new creative coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more. And it's where you can hang out and chat with other Sadasi members just like you and help each other unlock your creative potential. It's fun, it's chill, and I'm there for you when you need that little bit of extra support. So come join us at www.soduncan.com slash Sadasi. It's been a pleasure to have you with me today. I'll see you there. Love you, bye-bye.